What is going on, Whisper Nation? And welcome in to episode 265 of TFW Live. Yes, I planned that rhyme out, so you know, kudos to me, and I appreciate you guys hearing me out on that. Uh, but this is the Fantasy Whispers. I am Big Travi. That is Austin Sear. That is Johnny Game Time Hicks. And we are here again, like I said, for 265. We're talking rookie wide receivers today. And if you're new to the channel, hit that like button, hit that subscribe on your way in, help us grow the brand on whatever platform you are listening or watching or consuming the content here with us. Like I said, we're going to talk rookie wide receivers, but gents, to get us going today, I want to start a little bit, start with some word association. So I'm going to say the word and then you guys are going to tell me what comes to mind. It could be sports related. It could be life related. It could be anything. So it's a wild card. So uh, I hope your hearts are fluttering. I hope the palpitations are coming in healthily. Um, so in the news today, Elon Musk made a offer to buy out Twitter. It was a uh, like $43 billion, I believe, was his offer. He's, he's looking to buy Twitter. So when I say the word buyout, what comes to mind, Austin? Dr. Evil. One billion dollars. <laughs> I think I got thrown there, man. Buyout, uh, uh, irrelevancy. Oh. That's what comes to mind. I was thinking of Elon Musk so much. He said that buyout, irrelevancy, vacation, uh, greener pastures. Mm. For Johnny, wow. I wouldn't have gone with any of that direction. Uh, <laughs> I think I think uh, what we're all thinking mysteriously boys there was uh two whale wallets of bitcoin that recently awoke and moved that's i think i think a word you gotta get a word not a spiel here hey hey i think it's cash money all right cash money work that'll work i guess we're still figuring out the word association. We'll get we'll get it going here, but uh, yeah, some big news maybe Wait, on the way. Does it have to rhyme? Did you say I, no? Did, it doesn't that... have to rhyme, but just like okay. what comes to your mind? What word? Not oh, one. Okay, I thought yeah, you said what comes. You said what comes to your mind, and so I told you, and then you said it has to be one word. <laughs> oh, I love live. I love live shows. Hey, live love, entertainment. Laugh, live, man. Hey. <laughs> live, laugh. <laughs> Love and we love everybody in the chat right now and everybody that's a part of Whisper Nation. Do it 420 saying what's up. Hey, how's it going, Ooh. brother? And everybody that joins in, make sure you're talking to us about those rookie wide receivers. We're going to be going through our top five or basically the consensus top five within the industry. There is a big five and and we'll jump into some of that. But there was some news and notes. Uh, we've got some stuff going on in the industry right now. And so let's jo- jump into some of that. The Packers, our Packers, Austin, are giving former Ravens, former uh, Bills, former Chiefs wide receiver Sammy Watkins a one-year deal worth up to $4 million per a source. This was per Adam Schefter. So, Austin, I'll ask you, are we buying into Sammy Watkins' fantasy football prospects for 2022 the entire season? The entire season, it's difficult to, right? We yeah. know how many full seasons he's completed. And if you're actually scratching him, I don't know – how many? You're with the rest of the world. Nobody knows how many full seasons Sammy Watkins has one. finished. It's one. just we just don't know. You know, it's one of those things that like people people don't know why a, a duck's quack doesn't echo. We don't we don't know what Sammy Watkins is about these days. So, um, okay, am I buying it? I have to 
because they are uh, picking him up and he is going to be a top wide receiver for the Packers because Alan Lazard is the next best wide receiver they have for the Packers. And speaking of the Packers, we got yeah. our very own Ooh. Alex Strofe in the house. What's up, Strofe? Go. What's going on, man? I wonder uh, I wonder if you drop us a line about how you're feeling about the uh, Sammy Watkins deal here, Strofe. Let us know. Yeah, we we don't care, but you know, let us know. <laughs> oh, I'm, 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 I'm just kidding. We, we love you, weeks. Alex. We love I'm you. I'm excited Alex. for the first couple of weeks of Sammy Watkins to hopefully have him come and drop another 50 burger from a dynasty team. Yeah, that's right. I can't believe you still you still rocking him over there, and and that's got to pay off. I mean, th- there is still upside within this signing. I don't know if it'll come to fruition, right? We we don't believe that'll come to fruition, but and and the Packers are likely to you know. Uh, add wide receivers in the draft. But right now, as it stands, you know, Sammy Watkins should be in line for a good amount of targets, you know, regardless of what happens. Uh, hey, well, yeah. well, here's the thing. Strofe, well, it's better than nothing, right? Similarly, yeah. adding Johnny to the show doesn't wow. move the needle, but it adds the, to the overall product. Oh, well wow. done, Strofe. Well done. Touche. Any, right. any words to defend yourself there, Johnny? Prison rules, huh? All right. I get <laughs> it. <laughs> no, what I do have to say here is that you guys have been searching and welcome the new MVS baby. That's exactly what this is. The new MVS, because he'll give you a couple of games. You're right. Where he just will get like two or three touchdowns in the game and you'll be chasing the points. So that's what you're going to get from Sammy. Does he lead the league? Does he lead the team in snap percentage? If he stays healthy? No, 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 I mean, you definitely. I think it's possible. I think Lazard's probably going to lead lead that that wide yeah. receiving core, but um, Sammy Watkins is. You know, it's it's going to be health. That that'll be the biggest question if he's on the field. And then obviously, okay. what they're able to do via trade or, or draft. Does uh, he make the team realistically? Does he make this team? Yeah, I yeah, think you I guys think so. draft two wide receivers. Yeah, I don't think he the makes team. the team. I think they're not just throwing away four million dollars in a very tight cap, right? Is now. it how much? Uh, is it all guaranteed? Uh, I don't believe so. It says it's worth up to four million dollars, so probably not. Yeah. All right, moving on. The Arizona Cardinals, Johnny. Speaking of uh, you know ho hum signings, will bring back uh, AJ Green here on a one year deal. I want everybody to just maybe take a moment of silence here because here lies Rondell Moore season. Uh, his offseason is over now, basically. The hype is over. He, It's not going to happen, right? Right? I mean, A.J. Green no. coming back means no Rondell Moore this year, right, Johnny? No, that's not what it means yet. I say yet because we have been linked to wide receivers in the draft. This either means we aren't going wide receiver in the draft or we are going to do, which, you know what, This let's be honest. We, we're honest with Whisper Nation. would. This just indicates to me that what we've been joking and cracking up about over the last couple of weeks is exactly what's going to happen. Let's find where's pro football focus is number one, like hidden gem wide receiver. And that's exactly who we're going to go after in like the third round or something. We're going to skip up all this talent instead of just going after the talent in the first place. And we're going to try to get cute and get the number one PFF guy. We're going to be excited because we're like, oh, look at this guy, super talented, number one PFF, and he's not going to do anything. So that's the frustrating part. AJ Green, what do we, the only thing I could think of that would be a, a positive, and this, in this case, I would be like, okay, but kudos to you, Cardinals, for doing this, 
is if they believe that by getting and signing AJ Green, because Julio hasn't signed with anybody, they're Julio Hopkins and AJ Green really want to play together. So in that scenario, yes. If we go out and sign Julio, it's bye-bye uh, Rondell this year. I don't know how he would be more involved than he was last year uh, with those three guys. But if that doesn't happen and we do the PFF ranked wide receiver, I'm going to be pretty – I'm going to be upset. I'm going to be bummed up. I'm not going to lie. As a Cardinals fan, I'll be – because what's the upside of A.J. Green? We saw it. He gives up on plays. Yeah, gave the gave my Packers a win. Enjoyed that. Yeah, Russell and in the playoffs, yeah. he was given up. Everyone wants to talk about Kyler. Oh, sitting out the last minute. Let's let's uh you know g- give him crap and 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 talk about him all the time. Let's be realistic. AJ Green gave up on a ton of plays and gave up games, even like, though he did give up on plays and he lost matches for the Cardinals. I mean, he was involved very heavily still. I mean, nine targets right. in week 18, six targets, three targets, eight targets, 10 targets before that. He was on the field 80% plus of the games. Right. And I think that's what we're probably going to still keep seeing. Going back to the Sammy Watkins point, I think you see probably a little bit of AJ Green with the Cardinals out of Sammy Watkins with the Packers. I think he'll probably be on the field a lot. He'll have some games He'll more or less be just, just not, just not to call him a like non-deterrent to what, piece. Yeah, I'm with you. It feels like a deterrent, though, from what we really had hoped for with Rondell Moore, because there yeah. is this, you know, vacated targets from Christian Kirk leaving this offense. He goes and gets a big payday at Jacksonville. And we're, you know, a lot of Twitter, a lot of the fantasy football community is like, hey, Rondell Moore season, let's go. Mm-hmm. And now we're seeing a situation with a guy as Austin laid out here, 80% of the snaps is seeing a lot of, Kyler's attention. I mean, Christian Kirk that, had a lot of snaps as well. Right. Yeah, wouldn't, that, just, that, wouldn't Rondell Moore just still take the Christian Kirk role and AJ yeah. Green keeps yeah, the AJ Green role? Well, that's right. that's what I'm asking if, if that's going to go more to AJ Green or if we're going to look at like Zach Ertz is also another mm. candidate because he wasn't there the whole season. So some things to be monitoring there in the Arizona Cardinals uh, target uh, target tree there. All right, moving on to another wide receiver. The Houston Texans agreed to a two-year extension with Brandon Cooks. Mm. Austin, 16 games last year, Cooks was the wide receiver 20. He had 90 receptions on 134 targets, over 1,000 yards. Currently in ADP, Cooks is going as the wide receiver 23. Mm-hmm. So that's oh. the end of the fifth round mm-hmm. in a lot of redrafts mm-hmm. this year. Do we think that ADP is fair for Cooks? Is he a nice value in drafts, or do you think that was maybe his ceiling? What I don't think – I think I, I think ceiling is not an unfair word to consider, but – I think it's also kind of close to his median. I think Cooks does what he does regardless of quarterback, regardless of team. Hell, he did it with the Houston Texans last year and whoever the hell they had throwing the ball. He was still a wide receiver too, right? You just told me wide receiver 20. Yep. So he said it wrapped. He even missed a little bit of time. Cooks is Cooks has intangibles. Cooks has certain skills. He's shown an ability to continue to produce. Um, until he is buried on the depth chart, which honestly and unfortunately, I think a lot of coaches want to do because Cooks isn't that flashy or exciting of a player, but he keeps getting it done, which maintains his role on the depth chart and gets him a re-signing deal. So I think that until, you know, either like Nico Collins jumps far out and ahead or they just surround him with a lot more talent that buries Brandon Cooks, I think you can expect what you've seen Brandon Cooks produce the majority of his career, and that's going to be like a 1,000 yards, 
and a handful of touchdowns. And he'll be a very good flex piece for you. A nice, a nice piece of depth in your wide receiver situation. Yeah. yeah it just seems like in that, that area that wide receivers are going, like you'd, you'd maybe want him to fall a little bit more. Cause he'd be yeah. one of that consistent. You, you could go get guys that had a bigger ceiling or imagine, you know, could hit a bigger mark, but I do think you're right. I think he's just kind of do, he's going to do what he does and you're going to be like, well, you won't right. be upset, but it's not exactly, you know, you're not getting a bunch of ROI against your league mates in that draft right. with it. Yeah. I mean, there's going to be at that point, it was nice before because he was, uh, he was a value. He was going late. He was that thousand yard receiver. Now you're having to pay, pay for it in the fifth round. I mean, you're, you're going to be talking about like scary Terry in that round. I'd rather have him. Like, I just, like you said, I don't know if the upside there is worth it in the fifth round for me. Hmm. All right. The Raiders agreed with Derek Carr to a three year contract extension worth one hundred and twenty one million paid. Um, so he got his money there. The agreement ties Carr to Las Vegas through the twenty twenty five season. He is already the longest tenured QB in the AFC as it stands right now. This is per Ian Rappaport. So Carr now locked up with the Raiders, which makes sense given the Devontae Adams signing and his extension. In his career, we look at Derek Carr. He's been a QB1 only one time in fantasy, mm. which was in 2016. He finishes the QB12. With the addition of Devontae Adams and the new contract extension, what do we see as Derek Carr's true ceiling here? Austin, I'll let you start here. I think Derek Carr finishes this year as the best fantasy finish he's ever had. What's his ceiling? I don't know if he can break through the top five, but I think he can flirt with it. And my position behind that is this will be the best set of weapons he's ever had, and it won't even be close. Uh, Darren Waller is still an elite tight end from a fantasy perspective, from an NFL perspective. They have a lot of familiarity and will be able to maintain that continuity. That's nice. And now Devontae Adams, who is arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL, gets to join his Fresno college football teammate. The shower narrative is building. They've already bought a house next to each other. They're legit homies. Um, he's got and then, you know, Brian Edwards and Hunter Renfro and these other ancillary pieces that calling them that might actually be a bit disrespectful. They might they might even be bigger playmakers than, than I'm giving them credit for right now. So now all of a sudden you've got a pretty nice situation weapons wise over there in Las Vegas, not to mention Josh Jacobs and um, some defensive players that they've got. This team made the playoffs last year and they were playing yeah. in the AFC West, right? Derek Carr showed me last year an ability to handle pressure and to handle complex situations. They lost their head coach. They lost Henry Ruggs, former their number one wide receiver. This team made the playoffs. Mm. So when I look at them and what they're capable of, I think they've got the best situation they've been in in a while. I don't think John Gruden did that organization many favors during his tenure. He's now old news. They've got the best wide receivers they've gotten. Derek Carr is 31 years old. He's a quarterback. Like, he might not even be in his prime yet for the way he plays the game. I think we've got a good Derek Carr season coming up ahead. Yeah, I think I think it's just about trying to measure how good it's going to be, right? How good can he be? And maybe it's not maybe it won't have to be that expensive, you know, in drafts to get him. Maybe you compare him, especially in these, you know, two quarterback leagues with another guy that you could kind of go with. But uh do want to say what's up to Freak Stomper in the chat. He says what's up. Also, Mr. Oh. Miyagi says playoffs. You talking about playoffs? Love it. Love to see you guys in here. Appreciate you guys. Hope you guys are dropping that like on your way in. 
All right, Johnny, the Eagles signed wide receiver and Olympic hurdler Devin Allen. Allen placed top five in each of the last two Olympics in the 110-meter hurdles. Uh, he played football at Oregon in 2016, but he hasn't played since. Uh, I'm sorry. I believe he hasn't played since. Philly now bringing him in. Are we keeping an eye on Devin Allen for any kind of fantasy football relevance at all, or you just think this is a, a fun story? I think it's a fun story at the end of the day. I, yeah, I, I don't know how much stock that I would put in this. And I, I think Philadelphia drafts more wide receivers in this draft. So, yeah. I, yeah. They're going to keep it going, aren't they? They're going to keep well, it going. Maybe. Man. I mean, they always just like kind of. Like if JJ Arcega Whiteside wants to the answer, part, they screw you, Breaker. Yeah. Do you, do you they're just not like, going to draft. They're just going to pick up old Olympians, dude. Like that's their style. They're like, screw the draft, dude. Dude, do you like try to mix it up and be like, okay, I'm definitely not taking any receivers in the first or second. I'm going to try the third and the fourth. We'll see if we have better luck. Or do you think they're like, Yo, we're bound. This gotta hit. This, we, we're due. This has to be considered mixing it up, right? They literally went outside the draft and said, "You know what? We're gonna turn over every rock here and try and find a wide receiver. We're gonna go like, get this guy who." What who I mean, what's the big? I just don't understand. It's like, uh, I, what Gibson or not Gibson? Who? There's only been like one Olympic. Uh, you play. Who is it? Play for the 49ers. These cute moves, they don't oftentimes end up working out. They're exciting. They end up maybe being fine players. But if whether, you know, it's like a soccer player is now the kicker or it's an Olympic hurdler is now the wide receiver or a sumo wrestler is now the left guard. Like it's fun, but it doesn't usually pan out. There's just so many more elements required for a football player to be effective at playing football. You know, we talk about game speed a lot. We talk about 40 times and how they don't co- like they don't line up all that often. And I think that's kind of what we're going to see here over here. But, hey, a cool story is a cool story. Um, speaking of the wide receivers, Jair Bangers coming in on what our, up, Jair Bangers? Hey, our oh. channels over on Twitch. What's good? What wide receivers do you guys project the Packers drafting? Also, what's your take on the Watkins ad? We did touch on this a little bit at the beginning of the show, and we're going to be jumping yeah. into all of the wide receivers uh, coming up here, right? Yeah, well, at least the ones that are part of that big five for the rookies. But we'll say really quickly that I've seen Chris Olave drafted to the Packers um, in a couple. I've seen Traylon Burks. I've seen uh, Jamison Williams in a couple other mocks. I I imagine we're going to go with a safer bet. So like an Olave, a Drake London, somebody like that. Um, But I would I would love if they took the risk on Jamison Williams. That's where my heart's at. We'll get in more. We'll get in more of that. And if you're interested on the Watkins, Austin uh, broke that down just a little bit ago. Don't don't forget to rewind the tape here and check that out. Our last bit of news here. None of the 22 pending civil cases against Deshaun Watson will go to trial during the 2022 season. This is per pro football talk. And so Austin, like this is. This is a weird one, right? We're tiptoeing around, like, obviously, some social issues here. Uh, I wouldn't say tiptoeing. We're walking through them. But I I, I just want to know if this is going to give you more confidence in drafting Watson this season and redraft leagues, knowing that maybe those aren't going to happen during the regular season now. Right. So it doesn't increase my concern levels. That's for sure. I'm still sitting with what we have said earlier and that it's likely he's going to be looking at probably a six game suspension, the same kind of suspension. We saw Kareem hunt pick up um, Ezekiel Ezekiel Elliott, Elliott, right? Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. Yeah. So we know that it doesn't need to be a criminal case, but when it's flirted with a criminal case, the way that this one has and potential civil lawsuits to follow, this was what the NFL has done. And I don't, 
know why they wouldn't continue this path. They'll probably face more backlash if they don't. So I think that that's probably what they're going to do, even just straight up from a PR perspective. But that means six games. And then you probably get to Sean Watson. The last time we saw him play, he threw over 40 touchdown passes for the Houston Texans, who weren't any better then as they are now. Still made it pop. I mean, (laughs) real playmaker. I mean, mean, they were a little bit better then, right? Like they had, they saw some good wide receivers. Were they? They Hopkins on there and like Fuller here and there. Yeah, they they actually had some good weapons over there. Too active. I mean, when yeah, when Fuller was healthy for sure, they they had some big moments. But yeah, Johnny, are you are you kind of in lockstep there with uh, Watson? Yeah, well, I mean, what would be interesting to me is they're saying they're being postponed till after the season. Is that correct? Just saying that they yeah they wouldn't happen during the regular season. I don't know if it's being postponed. Okay, so it's just I don't know like if it's or just process, the way okay. the process works. Okay, so I I I ultimately think that that could mean he could play all year. Uh, because I, the NFL isn't going to make a, a verdict if something hasn't been, you know. Well, they also flo- the they also floated around the exemplus, which would mean like he doesn't play either, right? Like oh, okay. He's not suspended, but he's on the exemplus while while they figure it out. So that's okay. something that could happen as well. And then at whatever time he's out, I think would count towards a suspension. Um, later okay. if that's what they decided i think that's how that works i'd have to double check that but we can check that speaking that of mr miyagi says he can't wait for the draft he's like you guys oh. are doing a live show for the draft day one right oh yeah, yeah we'll baby that make sure it's basically around the same time we're going live right now so we'll be rocking with you and we'll be going uh pick by pick for the first round reacting mm-hmm. live with you subscribe if you aren't yeah so that way you could follow along Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Last bit is a little bit of fun here. We found some facts on Reddit that are real, but they sound fake. Uh, These are some pretty fun ones here. So what I'm going to do, guys, is I'm going to list these out, hopefully pretty uh, legibly. I'm going to read them out to you guys. And you guys are going to tell me which one you think sounds the most fake to you or the one that you just like the most you want to you want to sure. talk a little bit about all right so the houston oilers slash tennessee titans haven't been in the afc east since the end of the 1969 season they have as many afc east titles as the new york jets oh, oh austin you bring dude. this one up a lot with the nfc north and the tampa bay buccaneers and detroit lions so something that's right similar there yes. uh matt ryan Won 120 games for the Atlanta Falcons. The QB that is second in the franchise and wins, Steve Bartkowski, started 121 games. He has a 55 and 66 record. So he, uh, wait, so he's second and wins. Matt Ryan just dominates for the yeah. Falcons. Yeah, so he's just. Oh, I, I was like, I thought this was going to be. See, big Travis, just big Travis can't me. even believe. Yeah. All right, we'll just skip that one. Sorry. In Joe Flacco's first five playoff games, he completed 47.5% of his passes and threw for one touchdown versus six interceptions. The Ravens went three and two in those games. And that's got a massive, he got a massive payday too and was considered elite. Remember that. Wow. Sounds like like Lamar. All right. In Super Bowl 51, the Patriots ran 49 offensive plays after being down 28 to three. Close your ears, Falcons fans. The Falcons offense ran 46 offensive plays the entire game. 
So in the Patriots comeback, they ran eight more plays than the Falcons ran the entire game. And that would make sense, right? They're going to get the ball back a ton to try and come back. So, oh, just adding salt to that Falcons comeback or the Patriots comeback over the Falcons. Mark Sanchez has a career postseason passer rating of 94.3. This is higher than Brady, who has 90. Aikman, who has 88, both Mannings, 87, Roethlisberger, 86, Favre, 86, and Steve Young, 84. Bro, it's like I've been saying, man. He's the king, dude. Let Sanchez cook. Hey, (laughs) you won't. been saying it, dude. Wow. Oh, man. You used to start a game and post a passer rating of zero or 66 or six and 65 and one all time. Say that again. QB. QBs to start a game and post a passer rating of zero are six, 65, and one all time. I want to know who the six QBs are that won, dude. Tell yeah, me that. that's the better stat. Mac Jones, one of them. They're on like last the 85 year? Bears. Oh, Jones, I bet damn, you. Coming from, no, maybe he, he would be. Though. He would be because he did not. He didn't do a single pass. Well, well he did a couple. He Yeah, like he, three. he had two completions, right? Or it was three or two, yeah. Which still might not be enough to break zero. I'm not right. sure exactly how that formula breaks. Julian Edelman brought Jerry Rice's daughter to prom. This is the fact that we oh, have. That's oh. it. Yeah, that's <laughs> crazy. Edel- Nightmare on Edelman Street. That's why. <laughs> that's why they didn't get married. Johnny wanted Julian Edelman to take him to prom. That's why he drafted him in our underdog draft a couple. Yeah, weeks. I wish he would have. <laughs> Came back. The Jets hey, man, never- Julian Edelman's done those kinds of things. And I would love to go on a date with Julian Edelman. He seems like a really yeah, dude. fun dude. He does. Let's he, go. He seems like he would plan out like a real nice evening. He'd probably, and he seems like Very he's a thoughtful. gentleman. He'd probably open the door for you. But he's also fun, right? Yeah. Yeah, Reminds that guy. Like, he might be taking you to the opera, but he's gonna like sneak in a flask. Oh, Jul- you know, Julian Edelman oh, fucks dude. hard. That's yeah. there's absolutely for sure. Oh yeah. Sorry, Jerry Rice. You had to hear that about your daughter. <laughs> the Jets have never beaten the Eagles. That is a fact that we Whoa. have here. Sounds fake, but it's never happened. Tom Brady has wow. only completed a single touchdown pass in the first quarter of a Super Bowl, despite playing in 10 of them. It wasn't with the Patriots. So Brady waited until he was with wow. the Bucks to get a touchdown in the first quarter of a Super Bowl. Which wow. of these stats sounded the most fake to you or just got you the most excited here? Austin? The Jets, man. wow i got a whole new level of empathy for jets fans like dang we talk about bad teams all the time like the chicago cubs you know we throw in uh uh you know just different squads get thrown under the bus uh, the sacramento kings whatever it might be the jets though they might take the cake yeah detroit lions like how are we not talking about the jets anytime we talk about the detroit lions we're gonna oilers oilers have an nfc championship before before they do, and their last one was in 1969, and they've never beat the Eagles? Yeah, dude, you're just pouring what? on the Jets today. <laughs> Johnny, are you uh, are you with Austin on the Jets hate there? Or I would I shouldn't say hate. Simply hating, baby. It's just yeah. what it is. Damn. <laughs> I mean, the Sanchez, the Sanchez. That's right, also Jets. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I will say, I will say that that one is pretty interesting. But no, I'm gonna go with the Tom Brady, the goat one. How is that? Mm. That's mm. wild to be in the Super Bowl ten times. And only throw one single touchdown pass in the first quarter. Also, if Tom Brady makes it to the Super Bowl, we know what bet we're making, boys. No first down touchdown by Tom Brady. I might, just did it with the Bucks. Yeah, I might I be betting the 
the over on that one. I don't oh, know. imagine that. He never does it with the Patriots, but all but did it every time with the Bucks. Mr. Miyagi pointing out they always start slow in Super Bowls. Yeah, that is true. They have the two weeks off. They tend to does does get a little rusty. True. Facts. So uh, I could see that, but that's another fun fact. Well, that does it with, with some of our fun facts. We're going to rock into the 2022 rookie wide receivers. This is a pre NFL draft, of course. And so we're going to talk a little bit about the prospects themselves, maybe talk about where they could land, but really about what we liked out of each and every guy here. We did what we did last week with the running backs. We looked at dynastyfootball.com. We looked at PFF. We looked at player profiler and we came up with the big five and there is no particular order here but we went five through one based on how the industry kind of goes one through five, although there has been a lot of up and down on that. Austin and Johnny, we were talking about Traylon Burks for a long time as the guy as the number one. And so we went to IG and asked us Whisper Nation, you know, is Traylon Burks the first wide receiver off the NFL draft board? 43% of you said yes. 57% said no. So again, that kind of makes sense based on the fact that we've seen different rankings all over the place. That made us go to Twitter, right? We said, hey, with so many different takes on the big five rookie wide receivers, who belongs as the number one wide receiver in fantasy football? Now, obviously that's different than real football, but still something we want to kind of get here. And we saw... Th- all over the place with uh, oh, these different sorry. guys that are here. Traylon Burks, 33%. Other was 33%. So still tied uh, as the number one, but with, you know, other guys other than Jamison Williams, Garrett Wilson, some of the guys we're going to talk about today. So really what I found is, and you guys can kind of help speak to this as we go through them, but I don't know if there's one surefire guy for the industry mm. or from what we've seen on the tape that that's really like a lock. Did Austin, John, Austin first, then Johnny. Did you guys come away feeling this is the number one guy? I have one guy that's a, a surefire number one. I have my preferences, but I don't see a for sure number one. Honestly, with Traylon Burks, I'm getting a lot of DK Metcalf vibes in a couple of different ways. If we go back a few years to where the chatter around the NFL was about DK Metcalf, you had a lot of people saying this is my number one. And then concerns about his route tree started to emerge. And maybe we're saying he's just buff and athletic and fast, but not really the best NFL wide receiver, which had him fall to almost the third round. Lots of wide receivers taken ahead of him, including our own in Arizona, Andy Isabella. I know we love that one. So DK Metcalf, though, was always somebody that you were excited to see what he was about, even if you said and admitted he had a limited route tree or like this dude is big. This dude is fast. This dude is going to make plays. I just don't know how consistent he's going to be. And Traylon Burks kind of hits me in that same light where even if you have some concerns, maybe injury recovery, maybe whatever, like this would be my number one fantasy wide receiver right now, no matter kind of where he ends up, unless he's like, you know, buried under the depth chart and, or has an awful quarterback or something goes like to that. Tampa or something crazy. Yeah. Like that. yeah. yeah. But, yeah. but you know what I mean? So like yeah. if he is a, but he's, is my number one fantasy wide receiver, but I, I, I'm kind of with whisper nation. Is he the clear cut number one drafted? I, I just can't say that he is, he, right. he would be for me, I believe so, but I'm not going to say consensus wise. Johnny, you, you kind of feel the same way or you, how are you feeling about it? Uh, yeah, basically I, I like fits. I think fits much more important than, yeah. Like of course the tangibles and what, you know, they can do is always important, but more so can you take 
those strengths or what you're good at and does it fit with the team that you get drafted that's what's more important to me that's how i get a better and more clear picture with what the potential ceiling could be for for any of these guys but if you're telling you if you're just straight up asking me off of you know watching the tape and and things like that and which one i like the most and would prefer it would be jamison williams i think that that guy i understand he's coming off an injury but in, you know acls and mcls these days are you know it's like a sprained ankle much you know much bigger timetable of course that you're out but you know it the technology uh today that you heal pretty well if not even better some people say they run better uh when after they recover so yes i i like him the most love it and i love the differing opinions because it's really going to get fun once these fits happen if we look at freak stumper he says he agrees with austin i think he should be you know talking about Traylon burks he's projected to be taken late round one so he should be going to a good team that's the concept a lot of these guys yeah. probably going to land in some good spots so fit is going to be everything as Unless johnny Philly drafts you. right <laughs> right unless philly drafts him to sit behind the uh yeah. the, the hurdler so, yeah, exactly. no. <laughs> but anyways uh let's jump into it uh we're going to start with number five and that is chris olave and we're going to bring up the pff draft guide as we did last week we're going to talk about chris olave who is out of ohio state here as our number five six foot 185 pounds player profiler comp him guys to stefan diggs some high praise there but Diggs went i believe in like the fifth round was that right austin i think yeah yeah he was a fifth round pick so they've got him as their number four pff does they've got him coming off in the first round and they say pff says shades of calvin ridley watching him i i mean he was always open but he kind of lacked that big top end big play kind of threat um I wanted to ask you guys what system maximizes Olave's talents the most and gets him to that Stefan Diggs type ceiling that we, you know, PFF kind of sees in his ability to route run and things of that nature. So Johnny, what do you think would be the best fit for Olave to kind of get him to his ceiling? Honestly, I think it would be the Colts, mm. right? Like, I mean, what better way than to go with the quarterback that, you know, was throwing to Calvin Ridley, but just when you're talking about a very good, I mean, we talked about, the complimentary it was hard to see what the difference was between olave and and wilson i i just know he's super smooth uh and again he's an ohio state wide receiver those have they have really good history in the nfl so you like that fact so i do think he is a good wide receiver i think he's you know smooth but that would probably be my best answer is our hope is that he goes uh to the indianapolis colts they could use him Awesome. What were some of the notes and, and a fit you would like for Olave here? Some of, some of the notes I had watching Chris Olave film was finds the ball, good contested catch, gadgety. You know, he looks pretty decent at a lot of things. I didn't see him stand out too profoundly in any one area, but I thought he tracked the ball really well, made good, smart plays. I think a team that's kind of middle of the road. Um, I like, I like Johnny's Indianapolis pick. Um, I honestly kind of like Atlanta. Maybe it's because yeah. Freak Stompers coming in here saying not whoever Atlanta drafts either. Yeah, well, yeah. They're going to need, they need somebody. Yeah. yeah they need some wide yeah, receiver help. And I think Chris Olave could be someone coming in and helping your team in multiple ways from day one. Yeah. If we think he's going to be, 
you know, he's got the upside of a Calvin Ridley or of Stefan Diggs. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he's a guy that goes first because the fit is so good for him in a place like the Jets or the Falcons. And we may not love it so much, you know, for our, in our sake, and maybe the Falcons would be okay. You know, as far as target volume, he's going to get a ton of it. Um, But I think he's a guy that could maybe translate that. Well, extremely polished route runner is what PFF says here, Johnny. And I just wanted to flash up, you know, we talk about Jerry Judy when we talk about route running. Well, from Matt Harmon's reception perception, we kind of have a route tree comparison here. Olave hitting the, that yellow to green on everything. Our guy Jerry Judy had even some red spots. So Olave, again, like just to, to reiterate that point that he's an extremely better know, than Jerry Judy. Saw it there. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You heard it there first. <laughs> uh, we look at some of his rankings among the nation. Nothing crazy that he wasn't top 10 or top 20 in anything as far as production. But again, PFF thinks that he's a he's a great route runner and he's um, somebody that's, you know, definitely going to be a number two in the league could be even a little bit better than that as well. So we will move on to our next wide receiver, which is uh, Johnny mentioned him as his favorite. I loved what I saw out of Jamison Williams tape, but this is Jamison Williams who went to Alabama, the position rank for PFF. They have him as number three. He's six foot one, 179 pounds. And of course, the big knock on Jamison this year, you know, the big con here is that he tore his ACL in that national championship game. So that's the only big con that I've seen that's really, I mean, obviously he's a smaller guy. And a, so we are like, the only big con that he's dead, you know? Like, <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's going to have a long road back. That's a huge con. That's a, yeah. especially what's, you know, I, I talked about this off air, but I think the Packers are in a position where they're looking at wide receiver, right? Do they take a guy like Jamison Williams if he's going to have the long road comeback because they have the win now mentality with Aaron Rodgers? Um, obviously, the late ACL, that's the concern. But from a dynasty perspective, why is he or isn't he the wide receiver one, Austin, for you? Um, what would be, you know, like when you're looking at it, we love the tape. So, like, mm-hmm. where is he at for dynasty at the 101 for you? I love him. I yeah. love what Jamison Williams is about. And I'll just say that I think GMs making decisions based on fit are shortening their own career. You got to go with the best player available almost all the time. Like, don't try to fill your team in with rookies. There's so many question marks. And you're now all of a sudden going to be going and trying to fill a hole with a question mark when you could be aiming for a ceiling raising type of player. Like, mm-hmm. The draft to me is exclusively to go and get playmakers. And if you get playmakers that are different than the system that you have, you change the system that you have. That's what the best coaches do is you take the talent that you have on your team and you build a system that highlights their strengths and minimizes their weaknesses. So I'm getting the guy who has the most strengths available. And I think Jamison Williams has got a lot of them. He looks incredibly comfortable. He plays outside of his body. It's like, I was just watching the Tony Hawk documentary and it's so difficult to keep trying something over and over and over again when you're getting thrashed time and time again and not to have that like little bit of fear of how much your body is about to take a beating and you just keep practicing as if that's not a factor. That's how he moved to me. And he thinks multiple steps ahead. Like you can see him moving so methodically. He's physically gifted. He's talented, but he's also mentally ahead of the curve. I think Jamison Williams is a super stud. I would be stoked to have him as a part of the Packers. Um, because we can go pick up Jarvis Landry if we want to go fill up a hole. Like, mm-hmm. just go grab somebody who's actually got experience, and then Sammy give our Watkins. 
There we go. There we go. Give ourselves, but then give us an actual playmaker the year after that because time moves forward. It's all it does. Yeah. Yeah. So Freak Stomper coming in here. I wish you wouldn't have said this second comment, but couldn't beat out Wilson or Alave when they played together. Johnny, this is a big narrative that's happening because he did transfer from Ohio State to Alabama. So what, you know, why wasn't he able to make it there? Obviously, they had a loaded wide receiver room, maybe established already. Uh, Freak Stomper saying picking up big Henry Rugg vibes, his best ability is his speed. I yeah. don't think that he is uh, Henry Ruggs style. I believe that he's a lot more versatile than Henry Ruggs. Just what I've seen out of the tape. I think Henry Ruggs was overdrafted uh, by the Raiders. I don't think he you know, belonged there. And the Raiders weren't creative at all with Henry Ruggs. So kind of unfair to that comp that we're just going to always comp guys that are fast to other fast guys obviously pff doing it right here with a taller deshaun jackson uh for jameson williams but johnny i wanted to ask you more about the wilson and alave take the take about transferring and how much that weighs and factors in for you with jameson williams i i love it i think it's great the fact that he went to ohio state is the important part mm. yeah, and and then it would be different if he went from ohio state to like ASU or mm. Ohio State to one of these other like lesser yeah. competition. Alabama produces really good wide receivers as well. Like Calvin Ridley, really good wide receiver. Julio Jones, really good wide receiver. Amari Cooper. Amari Cooper, like the uh, Waddle from last year. Like th these guys are really talented. And so, and you also have to remember like Devonta Smith was in that wide receiver group as well. And so uh, to me, uh, I'm not worried about that at all. In fact, I think it's it, it speaks highly that you can go from one coveted uh, wide receiver program to another one uh, and, and still produce in both of them. So I, I really love him. I, I really do. And I just want to throw in the point there that Freak Stomper brought up about not being able to beat out Wilson or Alave when they played together. Now, I don't know the details of why the depth chart was what it was, but like Cam Newton, before he won a championship with Auburn, he was playing for Blinn in Florida. Well, you know, so like he had also other quarterbacks. Joe also Burrow. Dwayne Haskins, yeah, beat out Joe Burrow, and Joe Burrow transferred to LSU. Right, which is another reason to be like one hit wonders. Yes, you don't want to bet on the exception all the time, right? Like that's not, we want the rule more than the exception, but in a case of special talent are we going to hinder special talent are we going to hinder our outlook on special talent just because they transferred and we don't know the whole story it may not just be talent we, it may be a coaching staff you know coaches are are a situation that players you know disagree with Meyer? all the time i would i yeah. would have <laughs> i would have transferred too if that no, was i don't believe joke. it was urban meyer but that that would be hilarious yeah. uh we'll move on to our number the number three wide receiver who is garrett wilson uh, Ohio State, the other Ohio State wide receiver here. PFF saying shades of Deontay Johnson at six mm -hmm. foot 183. We had a comp from player profiler of Jerry Judy. We talked about Olave and Jerry Judy. Looking at Wilson, he reminds me very much of his teammate Olave. They're very similar. They're they're compiled the same. They're going to be open all the time on this film that you watch of them. Um, they turn into solid possession guys. But how do we get to their upside? I'll ask again this time, Johnny, uh, what you're thinking about Garrett Wilson's fit and, and just what what you thought of him when you watched the tape. I love Garrett Wilson. I think he's smooth. I think mm. he's going to be a very solid and productive wide receiver. Will he necessarily be a top five? Probably not. Uh, no matter, you know, it, 
it would be hard to see a landing spot where you could maybe if he went to like Kansas City, then you could be like, yeah, maybe he has the upside there and the uh, you know, system. But I mean, this guy is smooth. I could definitely see him running more underneath routes, which is why it tends to be a little bit more difficult for those guys to be top. 12 wide receivers. I do love the comp and I definitely see Deontay Johnson in Garrett Wilson, but I definitely want to see who's throwing him the ball. Cause obviously that makes a major difference, a major, major difference on who, who's throwing the ball, but he's one of the best all around wide receivers to me in this draft class. He's a possession wide receiver. So think of guys like Debo or Jarvis, things like that. Guys that are going to eat yardage, um, and, and his route running is is way up there as well. So I really like Garrett Wilson. He was very close to me for like my other number one. <laughs> you can only have one number one, Johnny. Yeah, but he was like my one A. Okay. Uh, so I, I liked what Johnny was saying here, Austin, about Wilson and Olave as guys that like fit is going to matter so much for them because of the way they, the style that they play their compilers. Yeah. These are guys that if they go to Kansas city, if they go to green Bay, you're very excited about them for fantasy football purposes. If they go to New York, if they go to Atlanta, maybe not so much. What did you see when you looked at Garrett Wilson here and, and kind of what you think in the will project in the NFL here? I saw separation. I saw yard at yards after catch potential. I saw elusiveness. I saw pretty a guy who's pretty good at everything. Um, I saw a guy who had decent work in the open field. Um, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna fill in a lot of holes for you. I don't know how much of a ceiling he raises for you, but I think he covers a lot of your holes. Yeah. Let me ask. Oh, let me ask you this. Covered. Hey, are we gonna get some some Wilson on Wilson action? Oh, there we go. You want him to go to that, Denver? No. Oh, oh. Well, well, I guess. I mean, I. I, I, <laughs> I didn't think about that. No, I thought you were uh, talking yeah, about I, Zach I Wilson. See, uh, my yeah, bad. Wilson Zach, on Wilson. Zach, yeah, Zach Wilson. Ev- nearly every mock I've looked at, the Jets are taking a wide receiver. <laughs> yeah. uh, they have three picks, so like, or I think it's two or three picks in the first round. So they're yeah. going to take a wide receiver, likely in one of them. Is Wilson the guy we want the Jets to get? Is it? I don't know if Wilson. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't say would I want him to get the land there, but Wilson on Wilson action usually have to pay double for that. So <laughs> I don't know. That's a discount on Wilson. On Wilson <laughs> I believe that's uh, that's half off. Probably. Uh, All right. Well, we'll move on won't. to the number two wide receiver, who is Drake London out of the University of Southern California. His page number in the profiler book is sixty nine. Nice. nice. Drake London is six foot four, massive, two nineteen, just a really tall, big-bodied wide receiver. Used to play basketball. That's obviously the huge narrative that's coming out with him. But the other narrative, gents. I mean, we look at his his last year. Twenty twenty one was great. Over a thousand yards, uh, seven touchdowns. You know, worked in the slot uh, very very minimally. Here, he was a guy that went up and got the contested catch, but then it seemed to be like that's all he could do. And so the narrative now is can't he cannot separate. He's kind of a Devontae Parker. He's a guy you're going to have to worry about because corners are going to be all over him. Do we think that's going to be a problem at the next level, Austin? Is that what you saw from the tape here? I mean, I did see what you're speaking of. I didn't see any separation. I saw a guy who was uh, catching the ball quick and getting down. Get in, get out is what I saw. He does his job. Um no open field action, um, not seeing a lot of separation, but a lot of catches. 
I'm not sure this does impact him down the road because the catches he were he was making, like if you zoom in on what's happening, there it's he's making really impressive catches. And you can make comments about the you can make a comment about the cornerbacks as Johnny did when we were breaking down film and saying that the competition just wasn't that good. And I'm like, the defender's fingers are really close to the ball and he's still pulling it down. And then he goes to the ground. So no, I don't think that that is going to have a big impact. I think that he needs a good quarterback to throw him the ball. I think he needs somebody who can hit a tight window. But if he has that, I think that Drake London will do his job. He'll catch the ball. He'll immediately go out of bounds. He'll fall down. Um, So like landing in New York with Zach Wilson would be horrible as far as I'm concerned. I don't think that would do any good. But Drake London could be a decent fit for like a, a Buccaneers or a Green Bay or a team that can have a great quarterback that can hit tight windows. That's that's how I kind of see him. Yeah. I think he's going to be a good player for the team. I don't know how much of a fantasy football impact we're going to see from him over his career. Johnny, they say PFF says shades of Brandon Marshall. You we're maybe not as high as, as some others on Drake London, at least w- w- from the initial reaction of the tape. How are you feeling today about Drake London's prospects in, you know, real and fantasy football? I, I think that the Brandon Marshall one, it was a little bit of a stretch for me. I think Alsh- I saw Alshon Jeffrey, mm-hmm. a guy who can't, who can't really separate a little bit slower, but he, he has great hands. He can go up and, and grab it. My concern is the level of talent at the cornerback position might be a little bit more difficult than he expects. But again, I think landing spot, I, I hate to keep using that as a scapegoat, but like, again, if he goes to a quarterback that knows how to do things like that, like an Aaron Rodgers, if he goes to Aaron Rodgers, he could become the next kind of Devonte Adams because Aaron Rodgers could teach him where he wants the ball where, and he'd be great at catching it or like a Michael Thomas uh, kind of thing where he's just really good at catching the ball. They're not the quickest on the 40. And so you just have to know how to use that to your advantage. If he goes to a team, you know, that's just trying to use him to kind of stretch the field or something, he might struggle a little bit. That's my concern. Yeah. Like I feel like if he had to go in and be the, like the true number one to somebody that like needed, you know, yeah, like a mid middling game manager quarterback, then it's like, okay, that's going to be tough for him. And you're going to see a lot of games where you don't get those completions, but I am with you. Like, obviously we're going to keep saying Kansas city and green Bay because that those teams are very known to be wide receiver needy and they are going to go wide receiver whether it be trade or the draft, they're going to do it on draft night. And so that's why we're going to keep saying that because two of these five wide receivers, maybe more are going to go to the green Bay Packers or the Kansas city chiefs. So we got to figure out, you know, kind of projecting that fantasy football wise. I mean, think about how deflating it would be if, if he goes to the Texans, right? Oh my God. Like that's what I'm saying is like, he looks like a tall Julian Edelman. Uh, Julian Edelman is faster. I think pretty sure. Yeah, I, I'm not. I don't have the. Um, well, what's interesting is that is the fact that like run. his first two years he ran the majority out of the slot, and then it was almost like they were just like, yeah, he's not fast enough. Like we can't take advantage of that enough. We have to move him to the outside, and then you saw the uptick in production. He reminds me a little of Michael Pittman, who also came from USC mm-hmm. a little bit. So he's like the the bigger body wide receiver that I think if he got the right quarterback could win a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll see how it happens. USC is kind of hit and miss with their wide receivers. We'll see what happens with our Drake London, but we will move on to Drake London tape. Uh, Freak Stomper talking here. He says Drake London tape that I saw shows he fights for every yard. 
he invites contact and kind of fights like a mini Kittle. If you mean by every yard, you're literally talking about just one yard every time because he doesn't, he's not like, it's not like he catches it and runs after he just like catches it, comes down with it. And then maybe he tries That's what to I saw too. forward, but yeah, I mean, he didn't have a ton of deep yards, did have a, ton, a good amount of deep catches 15. That was 10th in the nation among wide receivers. So not bad there. And then of course, first and contested catches. Um, so that's obviously his game and we know that. We're just hoping that that's not all he can do um, if he lands with somebody other than an elite quarterback. All right, our number one, based on you know what we could look at from the consensus, we've talked about him at the top, Traylon Burks here. We will go to his page in PFF. But Traylon Burks, there's a reason why Austin was saying giving him DK Metcalf vibes, six foot two, 225. The wide receiver is out of Arkansas. And last year he had a monster year with uh, Arkansas with the Razorbacks here. He said one over 1,000 yards, um, 16.9 yards per catch, guys. I mean, just a monster there. 85 grade for PFF. They say shades of Dante Moncrief. Player profiler comps him. Sexy. Jordy Nelson. I mean, Moncrief was a a pretty good uh, prospect or pretty decent prospect and had a, a flash of good games with Andrew Luck. But and anyway, one one with Ben Roethlisberger. I have a soft spot for Moncrief because <laughs> yeah, of course you do in fantasy for a little bit. <laughs> but I, I liked him. He played. Hey, I, I played him a time or two. Anyways, six foot two, two twenty five. <laughs> We're talking guy. about Traylon Burks here. Like Travis knows. We're it. talking about Traylon Burks here, and he and boys, the tape was really fun to watch with Traylon Burks. Obviously, a massive massive weapon for for arkansas here fourth in yards uh what is that yards per attempt catch reception what is that uh i don't know what that stat is so i won't even read it but ninth in screen yards i mean just obviously what we talked about his size and speed is where pff says he's going to win um we love the tape we love the measurables but are we too infatuated with guys like i talked about exception versus rule before are we too infatuated infatuated with guys like dk and aj brown do we have recency bias or are you buying what you saw on tape out of Traylon burks austin i liked what i saw out of Traylon burks i saw a thoughtful wide receiver uh, who had great focus and a barrel chest man that dude just looked like he was packing heat your big chest. up at the front yeah um not quick but fast really good game speed he looked like a playmaker he looked like someone you could rely on he looked like someone who could make plays at multiple points along the field he looks to me like a franchise wide receiver that's who i saw when i looked at, at Traylon burks and i'd like to have that on any team i'm rooting for yeah, PFF saying that um, he's a traits projection. Basically, they they think that I think it's very similar to DK. The reasons we didn't like DK coming out was limited route tree, things like that. But are you just going to go ahead and, and and buy into the size and the speed here and say, if I put him with a great quarterback, it's not going to matter, Johnny? Well, I think that that's why it's really funny to me that you have Seattle coming out. How how? Oh, don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Oh, I'll I'll trade DK. We'll trade DK for two first. Yeah, because you know you could get his replacement right here and would work in his system. You know, we it's already worked once. So it's like, okay, oh, and then guess what? I don't have to pay DK uh in a year and a half, a major contract, a major, major contract. 
No, like, yeah, no wonder it's so Johnny, I need to get you a direct line to Pete Carroll right now so you can convince him to trade away DK to my Packers because you have the replacement and Traylon Burks right here. Yes. If if, if Seattle wants to take Drew Locke and have him throw it to Traylon Burks, be my guest. We'll take DK. It's going to be Baker, baby. Baker's going to be throwing to Traylon Burks. I should have known this is always, it's always a Baker tweet. Hey, Baker's going to be in there. And then guess what? It's going to be, oh, like, and then OBJ is going to just be like, oh, I was too short. Apparently I needed to be 6'4". Uh, in order to catch passes from Baker. That's what the thing is going to be. But in all seriousness, like that, that to me screams why they would be going after him because he does project to be that way. It is funny because he didn't, you know, mess up in his three cone drill. So he's not hitting the heat uh, that DK got. Uh, and of course, like DK was dealing with some injury concerns Um which Burks isn't, but I, I really like Burks. Uh, you know, I, to me, Burks is a guy where I don't really care where he goes. I think he will be good. Yeah. If I'm a team that doesn't have a super accurate quarterback, I am yeah. really trying to get myself a trail on Burks. And, and maybe that's what I should like. I should have said maybe in the beginning of the show, when you asked me like my favorite wide receiver, Traylon Burks to me is the only guy out of all these wide receivers where I don't really care where he goes because I could definitely see him being fantasy relevant with whatever quarterback because of his skill set. Um, again, you'd like it. You to heard it here. Johnny one. wants Traylon Burks to go to Zach Wilson and the Jets. No, I really wanted him matter. to go to the Cardinals uh, where I saw that was like Todd, Todd, Todd McShay's uh, latest mock draft had Traylon Burks going to the Cardinals. And I was like, hell yeah, that is a perfect because it goes opposite of Hopkins. He can run the goes. He has good hands. I was like, that would be perfect. Then you have more underneath that would sexy as hell. And then we I wake up to, oh, we signed A.J. Green. So that's what Freak I Freak Stomper says, saw a mock that had Burks to the Cardinals. I'd sign up for that. Yeah. He also 100%. said that he loves Burks. He's going to be great. The only knock I have on Burks is that he gives up on plays when he doesn't get the ball. And he's oh, not I'm used to it. I'm A.J. Green, so it's okay. <laughs> he would be my first wide receiver off the board. That is a concern. The other concern I have here is what PFF points out. He's got the body type of an X receiver, but never played there. 77% of his career snaps came in the slot. So again, Arkansas, we have to wonder why Arkansas didn't use him as an X. Why were they only using him as a, as a slot? Maybe that's an advantage thing as Johnny talked about earlier, but uh, that is something that, you know, pundits are looking at. We're looking at this as something to take a look at. Uh, Austin, are you concerned at all about the slot snap percentage or I think they're going to find a way to make this talent work. Yeah. I think he's got a lot of talent. I think he's got a lot of physical gifts. And I think that game plans in the NFL change and evolve often. And I think you find a way to make the use of Traylon Burke's physicalities and his skill sets. Like the Dallas Cowboys, like Jerry, they want him. you know, they want him. You know, yeah, they want him. Talked about it. I, yeah. I, I, it was interesting. I did see a little, a very interesting relation or, um, process of words i should say uh that they equated when you go out in the first round of a draft and and you grab one of these skill possessions you know because oftentimes you're like oh are they really going to be starting over a starter and the answer was or the what it was correlated to was imagine when you are given a gift like if i give you a gift are you necessarily going to put it up or are you going to, uh, you know, make sure it, it's stored uh, away in a perfect place? 
know it. You're like, it's my, it's a gift for me. Right. But if you go out and buy something and purchase something, then you mm. immediately come home and you're like, I have a, I'm, I'm put it in a place. I know exactly where it's going to go. If something is in that place, you move that and you put it there. Mm. And that's very um, similar, apparently, uh, to how uh, NFL franchises view this first round mm. with, with these players. Mm. Uh, freak stopper coming in here. Burks is a guy you want to, uh, you just find a way to get him the ball. Yak monster. We talked yeah. a little bit about that too. Uh, a hyped up version of like a Debo Samuel or, or some of these other guys that get out in space and they're just going to be your weapon to get yards after catch. I mean, kind of what AJ Brown is right. Like AJ Brown mm-hmm. has built his career on that. He's not necessarily the DK Metcalf all the time. He's the guy that's going to get you the yards after catch. And I think Traylon Burks actually comps a little bit more to AJ Brown than he does DK in that sense mm-hmm. that, you're going to, you can use them in the slot. We talked about 77%. Yeah. So you could use them as a weapon right away there and then use them all over the place from there. So that's something exciting to look at with our like Burks. All right. Where so we want a, him to go, Travis. Traylon Burks to me, I don't agree with you that he could go anywhere and be effective. I think he's going to need to go to a good quarterback. I think he's going to need to go to a good coaching staff more than anything. I mm. shouldn't just say quarterback. He's going to need to go to somebody that's, you know, forward thinking um, and, and getting him the ball and involved. I think Atlanta would be fun. Um, I think if you Ooh. paired him with a Pitts and you put him, you moved him all around the field, he'd get the target volume that you want. He'd get a guy in Arthur Smith who look at how he used Corderell Patterson. I know he's creative. Oh, yeah. Like I know he can get him moved around. So I, I actually think Atlanta's not a bad fit. Uh, what about Pittsburgh? Well, I still love Claypool, uh, so it's hard for me to be. But I, you know, dude, you you already tore his broke his heart with Zach I'll Moss. I'll tell you right now, if Pittsburgh takes one of these big five, but well, bottom line here is if Pittsburgh takes one of these top five wide receivers, go get that wide receiver in fantasy and dynasty because Pittsburgh. Yeah drafts the hell out of wide receivers and if they decided to take one of these guys when they have other needs when they have a wide receiver room that's good that means they really liked that guy and i kind of trust that they're oh my gosh uh, if they go out and get garrett wilson oh my gosh i'm gonna my heart is gonna break he is like literally Deontay Johnson, and it's like, oh, yeah. that only I don't means think they, that. I don't think they're. I don't think they take somebody that. I don't think so already, That's kind of why I threw, I threw it out to Pittsburgh, though. I thought Traylon Burks could be a really nice slot. Like pairing. he'd be like a, nice a like a juice oh, juju juju. Oh, yeah, he's just like a a roided that, out juju. He didn't and like oh, move Chase Claypool to the third role. You know what I mean? Give make him the third option. Yeah, and you know, bad. don't I ask him to do so much off of him. Right, and have Deontay and Traylon Burks kind of oh be your lead gosh. guys as you're uh, sort of ushering a new quarterback. Yeah, freak stompers set in the red Green area. Bay. Obviously, I would love Traylon Burks. I would. I don't Hell think yeah. Burks makes it to Green Bay. That's we didn't was, think that. Hey, we didn't think know. DK Metcalf was going to make it to the end of the second. Wait a second, Travis didn't want yeah, Burks. Travis was telling us yesterday he didn't want Burks. Well, I, I should say this. I don't think Burks is the number one wide receiver. I think Jamison Williams is the number one wide receiver. I agree. But I think that Burks, to me, I would take Burks over the two Ohio State wide receivers. And then I have other guys that can project, and we're going to talk about some of the later round guys with that guys that could be sleepers that I think could end up giving you kind of what Burks gives you. I'm not saying that you know they're going to be him. They're not the same player, but I think that you can get guys later to get 
that kind of project that he is going to essentially going to have to be unless he gets right in and, and does AJ Brown thing. So, mm-hmm. um, but we, yeah, we're going to talk about some of these other guys. So basically the three names we have left, they're late risers. These are guys that are flying up draft boards for other people in their mock drafts. We're going to talk George Pickens out of Georgia, Johan Dotson out of uh, Penn State and Sky Moore out of Western Michigan. So we'll quickly go through these guys, but just talk a little bit about them. Uh, we'll start with Pickens out of Georgia, six foot three, two hundred pounds. PFF says um, Kenny Galladay is their comp here. So that you know, you think of Kenny Galladay on the Giants. I, I beg you not to think of Kenny Galladay as a prospect and on the Lions in his good years, because that's what I think of George Pickens here. I think he's really good, six foot three, one ninety five. Um, he also has ACL concern. He, he tore his ACL much, uh, uh, longer ago than that's terrible longer ago than Jamison Williams. So he doesn't have as much of a, um, timetable to come back, but I wanted to ask Johnny, what you, how much higher you think Pickens would have been ranked this year if he didn't have that ACL tear. And for you, he would have been a lot higher. I like him. I think he would have probably been ahead of like guys like Chris Olave. Not to say that I don't think Olave's not necessarily a bad wide receiver. I just think I really liked what I saw when I watched his tape. And so you have to imagine that, you know, having the injury did play or is playing a part in why he's falling. Uh, but I, I really liked what I saw from him. Awesome. What about you? When you saw Pickens films, what really stood out? He was springy. I thought he looked crafty. That is a playful wide receiver. I wrote down that I bet he wins a lot of rock, paper, scissors matches. Oh, yeah, the classic. You and Nick Sirianni, dude, the Eagles coach, dude. (laughs) I think that he does. And what I mean by that is somebody who's like kind of looks at the little things and tries to almost get in the head of the defender, get in the head of the people around him and has fun with it. You know, is able to think ahead and know where he's at in relation to others on the field. And I think he uses his natural gifts, which are which are quickness and a springiness, maybe not an overall top speed. But he's got some shifty abilities to him, and I like I like what appears to be his mental game. I like George Pickens. I think he could be end up being a sneaky wide receiver pick. Mm-hmm. First of all, you say crafty and all this stuff, and pro and uh, PFF saying carves up kids at the catch point. I think that's just the, the same kind of stuff. He's just like very creative, very crafty. Mm-hmm. Plus, his last name is Pickens. Like what oh. a great wider. He's Pickens the air right out of the or the, the ball right ball out of the air. Yeah, air right out of the ball. There we go. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, impressive. I like him too. Uh, wish his production was better. Obviously, that's what we're you know the concern here with the injury. But I thought he had a lot to offer as far as tape, and I think he's going to be one of those late guys like people sleeping on because of the tape. Yep. And a lot of these guys have injury concerns. So we look at their career. So like not not one of them is really a, a model of health. And so that's something that's working in Pickens' favor. He could end up in on a really good team and and doing some big stuff here. So we'll move on to Jahan Dotson, or I don't know if it's Jahan or Jahan. But he went to Penn State. I, I need to listen to how his name is pronounced so I don't keep butchering it. Went to Penn State here, 5'11", 181. Um, player or PFF comping him to Kendall Wright. Player profiler comping him to Tyler Lockett. Mm. Biggest takeaway in film for you, Johnny, when you watched uh, Dotson's film here? Crafty. He's got good hands. I am. I do have a little bit of concern with him. Uh, you know, as far as the production, when you, you know, talk about Penn State wide receivers, that is my just kind of where I, you know, five foot eleven. He reminded me. You know, I didn't want to say this because I don't think he'll have the same 
or at least I would hope he wouldn't have the same outcome, but he reminds me a lot of Rieger. Like he, mm-hmm. he can make, mm-hmm. he makes some really skilled uh, catches, but then other times I'm like, I could definitely just see him kind of being a somewhat of a gadget play or, or not quite getting to the ceiling that we, we thought he could like a Denzel Mims kind of thing. So mm-hmm. did I see tape where I, I was very impressed? Absolutely. But then I also did see a couple of things that I, I, maybe kind of scratch my head or wonder, Hey, is this going to be able to be produced at the NFL level? Our boy Ronald in the chat. What's up? Professor? Oh, Ronald? Yo, yo. Professor. He also said Ray Gar, which yeah, is right. right. Yeah. Ray Gar. Austin, when you watched Austin's film, what stood out to you, my man? Deep ball threat makes tough catches. No examples of contested catches because he was always in the open field. I like the Tyler Lockett comparison. I like the Jalen Rager comparison. That's a lot of what I saw out of, of Dotson. And it's 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 a bit of a gamble. Mm. We love these types of players. And if you do get a true ceiling raiser, you get yourself a Tyreek Hill. You get mm. yourself an old Deshaun Jackson. Like, that's impactful. But more times than not, you end up getting yourself a Henry Ruggs. You know, previous to all, previous to the accident. It's like a guy who is so fast. You know, even make throw out a Christian Kirk. I could even yeah. throw out a Mecole Hardman. Jury's still out on Mecole. I really hope he comes through. I spent a second-round pick to pick him up last year before the season started, but that's what I kind of see from him. A guy that, if you get a Tyler Lockett who's got a relationship with a Russell Wilson and they can really make it work, great. But Tyler Lockett, in my opinion, is a bit of an overachiever because of the relationship he has with his quarterback, and I think you're going to need something like that out of Dotson to be perennially consistent and impactful for both his NFL team and your fantasy team. Yeah, I feel that. And I feel like we might be kind of on the same page with Sky Moore here as well, who's a guy that's Mm. rising up a lot of boards here. But kind of a smaller guy, obviously, 5'10", 195, went to Western Michigan. Uh, We've got PFF calling him Shades of Julian Edelman here. We've got player profiler calling him Golden Tate. Am I correct? I watched the tape here, and I don't know. I guess I maybe it's the smaller school, better, you know, equal more equal competition than those Ohio State guys but Johnny am I crazy to think Sky Moore might be better than both those Ohio State wide receivers um maybe yeah I think it but I do like Sky Moore I think that he is to me when I watch this he he runs like a running back and he and what I mean by that is when he has the ball in his hands He's, uh, you know, a bulldozer. He is very comfortable with the ball in his hand. So he's a, in like a yak guy and oh, yeah, yak weapon. There you go. Uh, and so I really like the potential, right? We've Especially as we're starting to see these offenses start to include wide receivers a little bit more in the run game. That's going to be for a team, depending on where he goes, that could be such a bread and butter for him. So he does have... Uh, it opens the door, at least in my eyes, to a, a much greater ceiling potential. Again, if he lands on one of those uh, zone running scheme kind uh, of innovative offenses, Kyle Shanahan type of coaching tree where they would use him like that. Uh, but I don't know if he'll necessarily or I would bet that he would be better than the Ohio State guys just because I do like both of those receivers. But I'll tell you what, I could see. I could see why Moore is uh, – you know, rising up draft board. Yeah, Ronald's saying he likes him more than Dotson, who we just talked about as one of the other yeah. late risers. But he says too many wide receivers with the last name more already. I know, right? <laughs> says Ron. 
Uh, Austin, to Johnny's point, missed tackles forced. Uh, Sky Moore was number one in the nation, 26 missed tackles yeah. forced. What did you see uh, of Sky Moore? Where would you kind of rank him? You know, he's starting to get a lot of heat coming into the, to the draft here. I saw a reliable prospect. I saw a possession wide receiver. I saw someone who's comfortable all over the field, but not super gifted. This would be the kind of thing you'd see like a, a team that's trying to be realistic, a team that's trying to be pragmatic. Like they go out and they spend a, an early round pick on a guy like this. Cause they think it's going to fill a hole. And I think that's a huge mistake. Like go get yourself just some, some free agent wide receiver who can fill that hole. Um, but that's the way I see Sky Moore kind of being picked up. Um, I liked the you know, Golden Tate comes to mind. A player that, like, I saw Golden Tate drafted all the time in fantasy drafts. And it always just, like, it didn't surprise me as being drafted. I know that he's getting drafted, but I look at taking a Golden Tate. I'm like, why? Like, you don't ever want to be starting Golden Tate in your lineup. He's going to get you, you know, like, 60 yards. He's going to get you some catches. But his ceiling is low. You know, is 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 floor and is it's kind of middle. I don't know. I think he's going to be know. good for a team if they put him on the right squad. But I don't think he's going to be a big difference maker for his NFL team or your fantasy. I feel team. like Sky right Moore's there. the guy that's like he has a he has the lowest floor of the guys we're kind of talking about. But he's definitely a guy that has equal ceiling, maybe even to the big five, in my opinion. Because should he get in the right situation, Johnny's talking about the creativity, obviously, in the offense, but also just like a, a really good quarterback that can continue to pepper him with stuff. I think his, you know, like his agility, you know, is, is something that is is a little bit more than a guy like Golden Tate. So I think his peak could be a little bit more, but that's obviously the player profiler you, uh, comp you, that they have there. You know who he really reminds me of, to be honest with you? Danny Woodhead. Danny Woodhead is who he reminds me of. Imagine if the Patriots get more, and you could definitely imagine them using him as that, uh, you know, in that James White role. Oh, so we'll have a fourth wide receiver that we won't know if we should start or not? <laughs> yeah, I don't want that, dude. I don't want him to go to the Patriots at all. Dude, I like this comparison that Ronald brought up. Golden Tate used to be a solid bottom wide receiver two there for a while and just a quick blast from the past there in 2014 golden tate had his best year 1300 yards four touchdowns uh finished as the 11 wide receiver in ppr 13 in standard you know in the right kind of situation where they're leaning on him it's a it's like a perfect match i could see something like that happening but i think solid bottom wide receiver two is kind of what sky Moore's ceiling is for me also well, that is eight names we gave you today of guys that are going, uh, you know, in the draft as guys, guys that are projecting maybe first, second, third rounds, guys that uh, are going to be fantasy relevant before you know it. Um, so we wanted to get, uh, you know, some tape, watch some tape and get get accustomed to these guys. And we're excited because in a couple of weeks we'll be draft. We'll be seeing these guys drafted right on live TV and talking with you, Whisper Nation. So make sure you subscribe to the channel. And you got your notifications turned on so you can be with us on draft night as we rock and roll through the NFL draft, at least the first round of it. All right. Well, before we take off today, Austin, give you a little Let's bit do of uh, gone in 60 seconds here. Gone in 60. All right. So we talk a lot in the fantasy world about winning championships. I'm happy to say that I just got to win our fantasy basketball championship last week. And 
the joke in all of our circles with me is about how I always come in second. It's a ridiculous amount. Our league of record, I've came in second three times. Our dynasty league, uh, twice in four years. Our basketball, a um, couple of second place finishes, a bunch of them in our baseball fantasy championships. And the question was asked to me, what, did, what was the takeaway from winning this championship here? A couple of things. One, stay humble. Uh, I saw a Robert De Niro quote recently that was saying when, you know, things are good, you know, don't get too excited. When things are bad, don't get too excited. It keeps the flow going. And so know that there is a lot of luck that gets involved in this game. But you also have an ability to influence that. And that's my second takeaway. Stay diligent in the NFL, NBA, MLB, NASCAR, golf, whatever fantasy sport you're playing. Play it all the way through because there are silly season heroes that pop up at the end of the year who make real differences. And that can be the difference between having a good season and finishing as the number one overall player that year and taking the championship home. So stay diligent, stay with it. Keep your eyes open for the types of players that are going to, you know, Jalen Horde was my uh, my big winner there in the basketball season. Small forward for the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm sure you have no idea who he is because nobody really does. But he's averaging like 15 rebounds a game in the last week. And that happens all the time in a lot of sports. So stick with us, the Fantasy Whispers, or your favorite platform, really wherever it's at. Just stay, keep your head in the game. Keep playing all the way through because there's going to be really impactful players that pop off at the end of the season. And most people are disengaged at that point and you'll be able to pick them up easy. The wise words of a champion. Thank you, Austin. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Brother. Yeah. All right. Well, that does it for us in episode 265 of the Fantasy Whispers. For Austin Sear, for Johnny Game Time Hicks, I'm Big Travi. For the Fantasy Whispers, we're out. Peace. Peace. Right here. Look at you go. You made it to the end of another one of our videos. Hey, if you still have some questions, I totally understand. Or you just want to join an awesome fantasy football community? Head on over to our Discord chat. Link is in the description below. And if you're still not sold on us, check out one of these videos.